friend, welcome to the podcast. I am Melissa Matheson, and I hope you and your family are safe and healthy during this time of difficulty and uncertainty in our nation and in our world. Hopefully this has been a good time for many of you to reconnect with your families in a greater way and spend time appreciating the gifts in our everyday lives that are often taken for granted when our lives are busy and going 100 miles an hour. A couple of things that I am grateful for would be coffee and coffee with friends. Although our local grocery store is out of whole bean coffee, thank you COVID-19, and we had to settle for the pre-ground coffee, the quality of conversation with my friends Ken and Christy made up for the less than perfect cup of coffee. This conversation was such a treat for me. Ken and Christy have been married almost 32 years and are passionate about the presence of God. They're worship leaders who hear from heaven and release the word of the Lord into the earth. Ken has recently authored two books and we talk a little bit today about a couple of significant encounters he has had with the Lord. We're also talking about how they met, dated, and married and just a little confession. I usually start recording the podcast while we're chatting and getting settled without mentioning it because sometimes people get nervous and if we're just casually talking, we can ease right into the conversation and people are less nervous. Well, y'all, when Christy realized two minutes in that we had already started recording, her reaction was so funny that her husband Ken and I could hardly stop laughing and get it together. You may wanna swing over to the YouTube channel and watch it on video. This is a really good conversation, so grab your coffee and join us at the table. We're talking about music school, law enforcement, and God dreams. Today on What's Next, God. Now, Ken, do you drink coffee at all or no coffee ever? Mm-mm. No that's, coffee. That's his Just your choice. diet, Dr. Pepper. Yes. Mm-hmm. Morning, noon, and night. Like, that's oh. your... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Always? And water. When water. did you get it? It was always Diet Coke. Well, yeah, I, I don't drink coffee, so it's kind of like uh, my caffeine. You know, it's the, my, the way I get caffeine. But I drink up. water with meals and stuff, you know. I drink water. Yeah. And we used to drink, we used to be big milk drinkers. Yeah, yeah. No, I love milk. Oh, I would drink milk we were milk with meal, meals but, and stuff when we were first married. But if I do years, that, I mean, I just kind of... We don't anymore. We use well, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I imagine milk's probably not the same now as it was and, and, uh, when you first got married, though, either. No, I, I love cereal and stuff like that. And I mean, if... We if, like dairy. If... No, I like cheese. I'm a good... I like a good cheese. Yeah, I like cheese, too. But midnight bowl of cereal, you know, I'd be on it if if I didn't. That's the kind of thing I have to discipline myself. And then once in a while, I may do that, you know, like on the weekend or something. That's that that 19-year-old in you still. I know. I was just thinking, why did we drink milk with me? I love it, man. I I still love it. Milk, bread, crackers, eating pretzels and milk cereal and milk no pretzels and milk just well, I don't put milk. it in the milk oh, just the combination, okay. just the combination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. salty, salty yeah. and dairy i guess no, we've been no yeah. you know we've been trying to do differently yeah. <laughs> for, for 30 years <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i was thinking about that cycle too we'll have a baby so i do no dieting so i'm sure he's just like i'm feeding him he's you know like yeah. we do no then we have the baby and nurse for a year and then we diet <laughs> and that cycle has gone on and on for on and on. nine years yet yeah, so uh because of uh, 20 years this I'm sorry, cycle, 27 years. Because of the cycle for you, is this why you were a coffee drinker, Christy? This Well, uh, no, it didn't start till Kaylin about 10 years ago. 10 mm-hmm. years ago. She got, she was like. She got into she coffee and then now you're into mm-hmm. coffee. And it, I was thinking about that too, that she, 
uh, when she left 10 years ago, it was like, I can remember her. You know, like this is yes. the way I can commemorate her every day. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. So for people listening that might not know, Kaylin's your oldest daughter. Yeah. Are we talking already? Yeah, we're talking. We're oh, going. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Would you have wanted to know? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. All right, we're starting. Ready? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so she was a good <laughs> 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 me up. So she's a good daughter to give her mom um, a new uh, coffee habit. So. Yes. She started. <laughs> I'm sorry, I will leave y'all alone. She's Can I get her good kid? <laughs> oh, Lord. It's got to be an angel of joy in here or something going on. <laughs> I do got the air conditioner on oh, in case yeah. it gets too hot. <laughs> oh, oh gosh. I got it now. That was good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> now I've known you guys. I'm trying to remember. I probably met you not long after I met your daughter. So I've probably known you nine or 10 years. Is that about well, right? When did you first come seven, to Hamilton? Seven. We didn't come until she graduated. Okay. So a couple, mm-hmm. Yeah. A couple of years after. But did you ever come and visit her those first couple of years she was here? First year graduation. And, okay. uh, and then we moved here the first time. Uh, 14, was it? 2014. That sounds about right. Or 13. 2013 maybe and moved in yeah yeah i think we got here in 13 and moved back to georgia to to take the position with the church there in march of 14. okay yeah Yeah. so uh your family i've watched your kids grow and we have kids similar ages and our kids have kind of grown up together since you've been here in hamilton so you came moved here from georgia Mm-hmm. Is that where you guys are from? Where are you like originally from, like born and raised? Well, I was uh, raised in Jessup, Georgia, but my parents were from Eastman, Georgia, and her parents are from Eastman, Georgia. And she was, uh, you were actually born in Atlanta, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Douglasville, somewhere up there. Yeah. Did your parents know each other in Eastman? Yes. They did, mm-hmm. like when y'all were little? Before, Before we you were, were born? Even born, yeah. yeah. Oh. My, our dads did for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Is that yeah. how y'all met? Because your parents were friends? Yeah. Uh, one of my uncles and her dad were best friends. One of my dad's brothers. And uh, and so that's that was the connection. That was the connection the for you guys. Yeah. Now, how long have you guys been married? Uh, 31 years. 32 yep. this uh, July. Oh, I love the number yeah. 32. It's one of my favorite I have numbers. a neat number story about the kids. Every year between March 5th and April, all the kids are either an odd age or an even age. So we've caught it at a good time. It's an odd ages. Odd ages, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, so this is the, 13, these 15, are the ages. Yeah. yeah. So, so five, right nine, now, 11, five, nine, 13, no, no, 15, 15, 17, 19, 21. 
23 and 27. <laughs> That's kind of cool. For one month of the year. Okay, did everybody just catch that? How many kids do you have? <laughs> nine. <laughs> so Ken and Christy have yeah. nine kids, married 31 years. The oldest one is 27. Mm-hmm. And the youngest, and is, the youngest five. is five. Yes. So, which I love because I'm one of 10 kids. Awesome. So, and that's why I think Kaylin and I, I'm the oldest girl. Kaylin's oh, the oldest wow. girl, your daughter. Mm-hmm. And I, we just connect on so many ways. I think in that way, I kind of like being the oldest girl. Um, some people call me bossy. I say I'm a leader. Yes, you are. <laughs> so, and when you have that many brothers and sisters, somebody's got to, you know, yeah. when mama's busy, somebody's got to be in charge, That's right? right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, so married 30, what's your actual anniversary? July 3rd. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you pick that date? Is that a story? It's <laughs> a good not really. I don't. I don't really. Not because you're patriotic or Fourth of July no. was nothing there Mm-mm. for you. Just middle of the summer. Well, we thought um, our parents um, have owned since about fifty years. They bought a condo on Saint Simon's Island, Georgia, which cost about thirty something thousand dollars back then. <laughs> and that was a vacation home for the summers. And we thought it'd be a great time for family could come down there on that week, July 4th weekend, which a lot of people in Georgia do They mm-hmm. either go to Atlanta or St. Simon's, mm-hmm. but especially people within an hour or two. Yeah. And they go watch the fireworks. And we thought it'd be a neat weekend to get married down there. And our family could just come down there and enjoy it. That's a great idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fun. So lived in Georgia, grew up. Did y'all know each other when you were kids? No, nope. nope. there's a bit of an age difference mm-hmm. too, isn't there? What's mm-hmm. the age difference in you guys? Eight, eight years. Eight yeah. years. Yeah. She's older, right, Ken? <laughs> <laughs> I think you can tell. <laughs> yeah. Ken, okay, so Ken's actually eight yeah. years older. Yeah. Wow. And it was a rough eight years too. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't know each other growing up. Mm-hmm. When? Did, how old were you, Christy, when you guys actually met? I was 18. So okay. the summer of 87, I graduated from high school and went down to St. Simon's Island, Georgia, to get a little job and lived down there for the summer before I went to Lee in Tennessee. You went to yeah. Lee University? <laughs> for one year. <gasps> I did yeah. not know that in Cleveland, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And How so I cool. had this little eight-week window. I was going to go down and get a job. And um, I did. And Ken's brother had started a church down there. I, he graduated from Rama. And he started a church, and Ken was playing. He had he was playing the keyboards there, and um, so I started going to their church. We knew that about that church. Okay. And so um, I started going, and I was telling Ken that I had never seen young men who loved God. I had always seen old men who loved God. Did you grow up in church, Christy? Mm-hmm. In the Baptist church. In the Baptist church. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, so when I had an encounter with the Lord a few years before, but I had never, I said, we've talked about this today, I, we, I had never seen um, worship being led anywhere. I had never heard worship choruses. I mean, maybe just a little bit. Because in the Baptist church, we just did a lot of hymns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I had never seen young men who loved God or were passionate about God. So when I saw that and I saw him <laughs> leading for worship from his heart, singing a song from his heart, Oh my goodness. It was the anointing. Oh, that wow. was it. She fell in love with the anointing. Yes. <laughs> I, I, Did wow. you see her that night um, when she started coming to church? Oh, yes. I mean, she's, I saw her um, 
they came a couple now, of times. Now, did you see her or did you see her? <laughs> like, well, was I, there I, any I small saw, church? <laughs> I saw her, yeah. I mean, I think we were the only two. Uh, Under the age of 50. Yeah, yeah, the age of uh, that, yeah. Small church. Yeah, the, her, her options were limited and so were mine. So, but, but we didn't need any more. But yeah, I noticed her the first time I ever saw her. Absolutely, of course. What'd you think about her? <clears throat> wow. Thought yeah. she was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you know how old she was? No. <laughs> kind of didn't care <laughs> as long as she was over 18. She was tall. <laughs> yes, and blonde yeah. and beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Absolutely. Yes, beautiful. Did When was the first time you talked? Um, well, we we have a little backstory to tell this, me. to our families being connected. You want to tell them in 76? Yeah, I think it was around 1976. My brother's. Uh, we're both musicians, um, and uh, they're the youngest of the two of them is nine years older than me, and the other one's 10 years older, but they'd been bands. So I'd been hearing bands practice in our garage since I was real little. Little, yeah. Yeah, and uh, in fact, the first song I ever sang was Gloria by Van Morrison in the 60s. Uh, <laughs> when I was a little boy, they had me singing while they played. But but uh, we... Uh, they were playing on St. Simon's and uh, Chrissy's dad and my uncle and my dad and our mothers were all together down there. And Christy and I had not met at this time. I would have been about 16. She would have been about eight, uh, mm-hmm. you know? And so, uh, we, uh, we, they were down there. I was not, I was in Jessup doing whatever. I don't know what I was doing. And, uh, my mother and Christy's mother were sitting in a park outside of this bar where my brothers were playing while our dads and my uncle were inside listening to my brothers play uh-huh. in this bar. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so uh, my mother and Christy's mother were both Christians and the only Christians in, 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 both, the family. in both families. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. And, uh, and I think my both of my brothers maybe had gotten baptized at young ages in the Baptist church, but mm-hmm. they weren't living for God. I mean, they were in the bar playing, you know. So, yeah. So uh, my mom and Christy's moms were praying, and uh, they prayed that both families would uh, come to Jesus and that, and that uh, all of the mullest boys would sing for the Lord. Uh, mm. And I'm not sure. It seems like I might have heard the story. Maybe uh, Mama Joyce, Christie's mom, may have laid hands on the building or something. I don't. I don't know. It was something interesting like that. And anyway, within just a few years after that, um, yeah, I wrote every, down some of the dates. Yeah, mm-hmm. every child from both families got saved, rededicated, re- rededicated, or got saved. Yeah. Wow. And, and, um, uh, Filled with the Holy Spirit, yeah, and uh, both dads, both dads, both dads got saved, and uh, and me and both of my brothers have all played music for the Lord since then. Since then, mm-hmm. yeah, wow, yeah, and then Just the two the three, youngest, three of you guys, that's it, three. Well, I got an older sister too, an older sister, yeah. and then the two brothers. Yeah, okay. she doesn't play music, okay. and then uh, Christy and I were the. She was the youngest in her family, and I was the youngest in my family. And so the youngest from each family ended up getting married. married. Yeah. yeah. All those Isn't years that later. Neat? All those, that is yeah. neat. Yeah. And all the Mullis boys. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Sing. Yes. Yes. Do you know what I just thought of? I don't think that that word was just for you and your brothers. There's still more Mullis boys. Oh, mm. absolutely. Your yeah. sons. Yeah. All yeah. of your sons. Oh, that's absolutely. Good. Same thing. Absolutely. Singing for Jesus. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. I love that words like that. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Yes. Yeah. It's it's meant for generations. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't absolutely. just it wasn't just a word for that moment. It was like it's a word for the generations. Mm-hmm. Like all of the Mullis boys. Think about that. All you guys can stand on that word. Yes. All of the Mullis boys from here on out. Right. Your yes. children, your grandchildren, your great grandchildren. Yeah. All of those Mullis boys. Because your two mamas wow. prayed. Absolutely. Amen. How about Absolutely. that? Wow. You want to add anything to no. it? No, well, that um, was great. Well, they, um, you know, our story was, um, so I was how old when we met? When 27? 26, 26? Maybe 26 mm-hmm. when we met mm-hmm. and 27 when we married. Right. But uh, so it was like 10 years later when she and I met because she would have been eight at the time yeah, when I was yeah. 16. So it was, uh, um, you know, 10 years later. That we met for the first so time. So when you first met at that church, did y'all know that, oh, our moms and dads are friends? Well, oh, we knew, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. You did know that. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you re- so you recognized, oh, that's the little that's the Christy Kofers. girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's the Kofer family, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and they knew us, you know, yeah. who we oh, okay. were. But okay, we, But we didn't know, I didn't know her and had never met her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When So when you first saw her when she was 18 at that church, how long had it been since you'd seen her? Well, I don't think I'd ever don't seen her before. Seen each other. Oh, that was mm-hmm. the first time. Yeah. No, that was the first time I'd ever seen mm-hmm. her. And you're probably going, "Why have I never seen her?" <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen her dad when I was uh, really young because he and my uncle would stop by. They they would go from Eastman through Jessup going down to the island, and they would always stop and visit my dad. Uh-huh. So I'd been seeing her dad since I was a boy. Little, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe even you know, ten years old or. Something along those lines. That is so <laughs> amazing. amazing. That's isn't a it? great story. Yeah. So when did was there a first date? How did that happen? Was it accidental or was there an intentional? You said, "Hey, I'd like to take you to dinner." Yeah. Well, we were both in on relationships with other people. Oh, <laughs> and <laughs> <when we> met, <laughs> oh, and um, but this is neat. So we had a, a an unofficial first date. Okay. You know, an unofficial first date. It has to be unofficial because you were dating other people. <laughs> and he asked me, he was doing a three-song demo at a at a home recording studio, and he asked me to come along because okay. he knew I was interested in music. Yeah. And so that was neat. That was my first introduction to him as an artist, you know, him as a songwriter, and to hear his heart, you know, coming out in his music and so that was just a whole new experience for me. It's oh, you felt exciting. hard, didn't oh, yeah. you, I, feel hard and fast. I can tell looking at her talking, is like, oh, she, <laughs> oh, wow, she. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And so this is funny. So he was in this relationship. So um, that night, all I remember about that night is him leaning over the car steering wheel, just hitting his head because and he was trying to communicate, like, I'm in this, I'm in this, ordeal right now yeah i mean i don't know what to do yeah uh, not he didn't want anything to do with me yet but he was just like i don't know what to do about it and i was like well i have no idea what you should do so i went home there was some family staying in the condo my sister-in-law i said if there was anything to that non-official date there's nothing because he's involved you know with yeah. somebody like he is in tor- not torment but he is in anguish yes. over something so i didn't hear from him okay 
Listen to this. I have like an eight week period here to meet this man, fall in love and set the course of our destinies. Okay. Eight, eight weeks. weeks. And I didn't hear from him for like another three or four oh, wow. after this. Okay. So yeah, now I had my own ticking. deal, you know, pulling away from my own stuff too. So about three weeks later, he calls me and I've not, you know, been calling, you know, and he calls and he says, can you talk me today he said you will not believe what happened and i said sure well i was kind of like let me check my schedule <laughs> yeah hold on let me not be so available real quick hold and, on yeah and so he said can you come over here and so i went over there like drove over there fast no, <laughs> and he tells me this amazing story of god gave him a word of knowledge and it ended the relationship oh wow. when he told it to the person and they uh anyway ended that relationship and so then we you know we we then we started this really neat um well who am i joking not a courtship but uh, you know it's neat we only had four weeks left so <laughs> it's that happened fast we spent a lot of time yeah. talking i yeah. mean hours and hours and hours after that yeah. I just remember sitting on the floor at his feet, just listening for hours and hours and hours of all his stories and pouring his heart out. And I had never heard any man pour his heart out. And, and I've never heard a testimony before. I don't think I'd ever heard anybody's testimony before. I am not joking. Yeah. And I was just all in. Yeah. And then I had to go to school. I had to go to college. So by the time we had to leave in the next four weeks, we were just all just holding hands at church and just about to cry because we had to leave each other so you were living down there ken uh-huh. okay she was going to be going to lee mm-hmm. in cleveland tennessee when all of this was happening we got four weeks left like were you thinking when it's over like it's over what were you thinking about the future or was this, you knew I no, have a future with we, this girl. Yeah, We've got we to establish something then. now. We both knew then already. That was it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Christy's brother, though, uh, was sick. And uh, you want to tell that story? or He was just in the last months of his life yeah. with cancer. And he had dealt with it for eight years. And so, and I was so young. So we were just like, we can't do anything for, you know. A yeah, little bit right of time, yeah. you know, it just wasn't the right time. And, and sure. um, uh, so I worked and, and then she would come home about, I don't know, once a month, maybe, or seemed like you did, uh, or maybe once every two months. Yeah. I, I bet it was once a month. Or either I would go up there. And this explains why you only went to leave for one year. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then we got I, married I, the next July. Then, mm-hmm. Okay. (laughs) All right. So tell me, first meeting happened in the church in June. In June. Mm -hmm. Got married the next July. The next July. Yeah. Yeah. If we were older or our family circumstances weren't as they were, you know, we probably would have done earlier. We would have been that couple. Yeah, we would have been that couple. Who <laughs> like the Vegas. Yeah, we, yeah, would have, we yeah, wouldn't have waited yeah. as long as we did. And, and then after we got married, she transferred to Georgia Southern, and I got a job in, in Statesboro, Georgia. And so uh, that's where we moved, and she finished her uh, music degree there. And and uh, we we, uh, we, we lived there. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I still led church at my brother's. We, it seems like we went home maybe once a month. Mm-hmm. from there and i'd lead worship when i'd go and and then we played in a church a new covenant church in statesboro 
on the worship team there. That was fun. So that so I was playing kind of in two churches back then, but it was fun. We loved it, and and uh, it was a great, uh, great start. Great start. Yeah. It was a great start. I bet your parents were just tickled when they found out. Yeah, they were. They're, they were I happy. mean, yeah, to, for you guys to finally come together like that. Uh, were they surprised? I don't know. We know I, we have never asked them that. No, I remember when I went to ask her dad's permission. I went the one weekend to ask, and and uh, he, and and I couldn't. He was a the, uh, he used to be the commissioner of Georgia State Patrol. He was retired. He was the head of the state patrol, and so I was sitting there, and so I was supposed to ask. And I went too, didn't I? Maybe one time you went by yourself. I think we went no, together. No, I think I went by myself went by the yourself. first time. The okay. second time. The next week, I went back. We couldn't do it. Couldn't I couldn't do, do it. it the first week. I, I could not do it. So Christy had to go to make sure this yeah, happened. Yeah. yeah, and then after I asked, you know, then he just sat there and stared straight ahead, you know, for a while. And uh, didn't answer, didn't nothing, you know. And, and I was like, oh, gosh, this is why I didn't ask last week. You know? and, uh, but then he was he was good with it. And, and and I think one of the, to me, one of the greatest joys of of them and my parents was is how close our families became. Because like at Christmas, it was the Kofers and the Mullises together. You yeah, know, like Thanksgiving. Easter, Thanksgiving. <clears throat> yes, they always, you know, they were there, and so. Like Kaylin, all the holidays, it was mm-hmm. always both grandparents there, and mm-hmm. and uh, and our, our moms and dads genuinely love each other. Mm-hmm. Now, how long us. were your parents married, Ken? Wow, um, sixty years something years, I guess, uh, before my dad died, and uh, her parents have probably been married. Uh, I should know, but I don't. I think I know. I think it was well. I mean, I think it's. Uh, Probably about that long, too. I love that. Yeah. I love that heritage. Probably mm-hmm. close to it, you know. It's, it's It wouldn't be far much yeah. difference. Her parents are a little young. Her her dad is a little younger. My dad and her mom's a little younger than my mom. But okay. the, our moms are really close in age. And mm-hmm. uh, my dad, he passed away about three years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Kofer, he's in his early 90s and doing very well. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So tell me about the, the night he proposed, Christy. Well, he, he kind of remembers that I I did that. <laughs> and I have no recollection at all. <laughs> what do you remember, kids? I, I don't remember. I just know I that I think it was just like, if this man... Um, sees a life with me i there's just no stopping what i'm this is fixing to happen and this is fixing to happen fast yeah when did you when did this become official we didn't you know it's interesting because we talked so freely with each other from the very beginning that and we kind of just like you just knew yeah it was like you just never didn't know does that make sense? Uh, yes, just, it does. It was it does like that. Sense. And so I don't know when the conversation came up. I don't either. And we may have hinted to it so many times. We'd already said yes to it so many times that in our own hearts that I don't even know. It's already done. There wasn't a lot of drama. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. A, there was no, uh, 
there was no ceremonious engagement or anything you know yeah i i love god's sense of humor in that because when you just you're sitting here saying this and you know but like if one of your kids comes up to you let's just say your 18 year old daughter comes up and there's a 26 27 year old man (laughs) that's what destiny said this week she said mama she said just think about me with a 26 year old man and i was and as a parent i want to go i was just like i was grown when i was 19 (laughs) destiny Well, but were we really? I mean, I've got yeah. Molly, my daughter Molly, engaged at 19, which is, I. if you would have asked me three years ago, I would have just said, there's just no way, we're not allowing that. But her story is different than my story, and I just have to go, God, you know, yeah. if people know, they just know. Right. And I, that's what I'm hearing people say, You, when you know, you just wow. know. That's right. And I, I think one thing that helped that age difference, even with her parents and uh, was the fact that they've all known each other, right. even though we didn't. Yeah, true. They know true. where each other came from. They had known each other for years. Yes. And like Christie's grandmother knew my granddaddy, mm-hmm. you know, who, who who died in the fifties. I mean, but she knew him for years. So it's, it's like they, she knew my ancestors more than I did. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And I love like Christy, Your mom prayed for for Ken's family. You yes. know what I mean? Like. These people, when you pray for people, there's just something wow. supernatural that happens. Mm-hmm. Like this love that's imparted to you when you pray for people. Yes. And for her to pray for their salvation and to see that. And then, Ken, for your mom praying for this family. Yes. It does. It it joins you in mm-hmm. a way that's just wow. supernatural. That's so kingdom of God. Yes. Cannot yeah. be explained. So she's like, she was your mom, Ken. Yeah, when you were sixteen, wow. before you had even met her daughter, right, you know, right. kind of thing, because exactly. she had so exactly. prayed for you and your family in that way. Uh, married in July, we went back to Georgia. Uh, you went to school, finished your degree, mm-hmm. so you went to school for music. Yeah, mm-hmm. four years. Yes, and officially graduated with music education. <clears throat> yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. With a vocal emphasis. Yeah. Which, uh, if you don't know, Ken and Christy will kind of get into this, are very musical. What instruments yeah. do you play? Just piano mostly? Yes. Mostly mm-hmm. piano. And you sing. Ken, you have a little bit more. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, piano and uh, guitar. You know, uh, I started on drums in school and uh, bass. Pretty much uh, just any standard uh, instrument that you'd see in a band, you know. Mm-hmm. Were you self-taught? Just your family? Just being around your family? Pretty much. I, that I came t- to you? My mother had me taking piano lessons for about a year when I was very young. And uh, I never did really uh, excel at reading sheet music. Okay. And, uh, but I did learn how to... Uh, I, I learned enough music theory to uh, uh, read chord charts. And uh, and so... Um, and, and then, you know, I started playing in bands on the road um, when I was 18. And so I'd been traveling on the road playing in bands and clubs and stuff. I was not a Christian at that time. Yeah. And um, we were talking about that today, and that was such a cultural thing. And in, in our neck of the woods to go to a Holiday Inn, not for me, but for that generation, a little mm-hmm. bit older than me, the Holiday Inn was the modern-day gathering, social gathering club. It was not like you think a bar, you know, like mm-hmm. people think, oh, that was a, a bar. Um but it was like, yeah. it, it was the place. Well, you know, it was, it's like when my kids came to the ramp, 
the lights, the sound system, the musicians, the energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, in the, at that time, for someone like me, mm-hmm. that was the Holiday Inn. So interesting. It's like when I walked in the Holiday Inn and saw a great band and the lights and the sound, I was like, this is what I was born to do, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, of course, like I said, I wasn't. I wasn't uh, born of God at the time, but, but still, it was it was my gifts were being it's affirmed. Absolutely, it resonated in you. It did. Yeah, and, and they began to develop, and and uh, but I, you know, because even um, even after I got uh, born again in 1982, and I, I did not like the music that I heard in churches back then. I mean, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I, I the first song Christian song I ever heard that I just loved was Keith Green. And so I really connected with Keith Green during that time. And then, uh, you know, I mean, there was people like Sandy Patty and Lonnell Harrison, then Amy Grant and a few others that that came out back then. And it was okay, but there was something on, there was some edge that Keith, on Keith Green's music that just I connected with. Mm -hmm. And to be true, I still, still love Keith Green's music, you know, but, but, uh, you know, finding an opportunity to play in a church, you know, I found myself having to play palatable songs for the church yes. rather than what I would have played. To the Lord, yeah. Right, yeah. Then You know, it, the, and, and there was no grid. Mm-hmm. You know, like for what we see today, like yeah. at the ramp, yeah. um, at Bethel, at IHOP, there was no, no grid for that in those days. Such an interesting time. Yes, for music. Who were some of your other greatest musical influences? I mean, even outside of the church. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, because we've got a lot of talented Mm -hmm. musicians in the world. You Mm -hmm. know, they may not be using their gift for the Lord. Oh, absolutely. Well, both of my brothers, I mean, when I grew up, uh, I was born in 1960. So when I grew up, uh, I remember one of my first vivid memories was John F. Kennedy's assassination and then Martin Luther King and, and Bobby Kennedy all that time, the Vietnam War. And so I, we were listening, you know, my brothers had Bob Dylan, the Beatles, Bob Dylan, Jimi Hendrix, all mm-hmm. of that. I mean, that's, I grew up literally hearing that. And they had their own band, and they were a great band. They had a great band back back in those days. And, and uh, so I was so exposed to uh, all of these guys. And, and so for me... Um, even great writers like a lot of like Bob Dylan uh, is a huge writing influence to me. Uh, but then at the same time, I loved uh, the Beatles, Hendrix, all mm-hmm. of these people. And then yeah. as I grew older and became a teenager and all of that stuff, then what the seventies, the you know, I, my first concert I went to was Peter Frampton and Gary Wright and the Doobie brothers and Michael McDonald was part of that and the Eagles. And, and so, uh, and, and then, uh, uh, uh when I turned uh, 18, you know, disco, these big discos and show bands and all of this stuff and Toto, uh, all of these bands like that. I, I was into that. Uh, well, that's what people wanted to hear, you know, in these right, clubs right. with the lights and the sound and all mm-hmm. of this stuff. And so I kind of went through, uh, through, through those doors playing and, uh, um, and that was, that was my influences in, you know, musically. And then when I got to uh, involved with 
with going to church. Like, like I can appreciate Southern gospel, mm-hmm. but I, I, I don't think I've ever bought a Southern gospel record right in my life. I understand. And and maybe I wouldn't listen, but now I I have heard some songs that I love. Mm-hmm. Like, man, that's awesome. Or you know, I hear the Gaither vocal band and that blow you away or something yes. on a song but but it wasn't something that i connected with at all and uh and so really uh musically i started uh it was probably in the 90s before i really started uh feeling like the real me was starting to come out does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I think like everything else. what everybody yeah. else was doing. Yeah. Well, and what everybody wanted. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you're playing what people want and you don't know what, the, you know, it, it, so there was, a, it was, it took, it took a few years and part of it, it's just like, uh, you know, when they had horse and wagons and Henry Ford builds a car and there's no gas stations, there's no, <laughs> no infrastructure. None of that, no infrastructure <laughs> yeah. for what? For you know, so I came along when there was no infrastructure. Right. Exactly. And I, I, I was saying no grid a while ago, but it's really no infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And and, uh, and so I still um, have the same fire to to do what I do now. It, it, I had gone through a little lull when we first came back for the last four years, but something has really quickened and awakened in me in the last few months and it's like I want to play again and and oh, I haven't that's wanted awesome. to mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah. so awesome uh I know you've had several <clears throat> a couple significant encounters with the Lord in your life but do you was there that time right before you know you met Christy when you said you were not saved yet was there like a moment or a night that was a big turning point for you do you remember uh, that night well yeah I mean when I um uh, Right before I got saved, it seemed like Christians were coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> I mean, everywhere I turned, somebody was, I don't know, I just feel like I'm supposed to tell you about it. One guy was like, man, I, I live a horrible life, but I am a Christian. I'm, I got to talk to you, you know, and, and, and then this Baptist guy comes and he's on fire and uh, he, he's just witnessing to me. And then I've got a friend who, who, uh, on his way back to college, he stops by in Statesboro. I, I lived in Statesboro by myself, or, or back then. Uh, uh, this was years before I met Christy, but he comes and, and he's witnessing. I mean, it's just like everywhere I yeah. turn. And so finally, and I needed the Lord. I knew I needed the Lord. I mean, I knew I needed the Lord. Yeah. And uh, and so uh, I finally prayed, the, uh, uh, asked the Lord into my life. And it was just, uh, you know, I wasn't sure. I told him, so I called this friend of mine, this Bab- the Baptist guy. I said, you know, I prayed the prayer. He said, I said, but I'm not, I don't know that anything has happened. He said, you haven't believed it yet. Hmm. And as soon as he said that, I said, well, I believe it. And as soon as I said, I believe it, it was just like, whoom, wow. I mean, it hit me. <laughs> and I knew that I knew that I knew. I was oh, that's cool. In that moment. And so from oh, that, wow. that, 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 I was really just, it seems like I was born on fire at that time, you know. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. started witnessing the people. And I didn't even know what to tell them, but I was just like, you know, whatever. In the bars. In the bars. Yeah, in the it bars. didn't matter. And, yeah. um, uh, and so, uh, yeah, I, I, this is just the true story here because I got saved December 10th 
1982, and I was in the world. Uh, I was... Uh, a friend of mine that had was a musician that played in another band, he was a drummer, he came to my house and we always smoked reefer together. And so uh, I don't know who had the reefer because I wasn't even, you know, I, all I knew is I'd been born again. I wasn't going to church or anything like that, but I knew I'd been saved and we we're smoking pot. And uh, uh, I just started telling him what happened to me and, and that I'd got saved. And, and um, he, uh, the Holy Spirit just came on and he just starts weeping. And, uh, you know, we both, we're both just like the Holy Spirit just came in the room, you know, mm -hmm. and he got, he got born again. He's still in the church to this day. He plays, <laughs> in the, he plays drums at his That's church so awesome. and has been in it for 30 something years now. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, we, uh, but we didn't, we didn't know what we were doing. And then, so I had mm -hmm. like a, my buddy, he, he, he got saved and, and, uh, and then for, for a few years, we, we prayed together. We talked about the Lord. I mean, he was like the, the person I needed because we kind of built each other up mm -hmm. so much, just the fellowship, because yeah. I'm telling you the circles I ran in, they weren't talking about anything. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that is so great. I love that God will go anywhere to it. get you he'll go yeah. into the bars he'll come find you when you're smoking so pot yeah. it doesn't matter uh <laughs> he'll go anywhere and uh, i think of that goodness and mercy follows yes. me chases me down like mercy just chases us down overtakes us I love it and uh we can never be too far from god never oh right. i love that and it changed you are definitely um I, one of the most passionate people that I know yes, about yeah. the Lord and the things of God, your whole family, your wife, Christy, you wow. just, you guys just exude Jesus, you wow. know, in everything you do. And when you, when you speak and when you sing and when you play and, um, you look at that and you just go, this is what it looks wow. like. So, Thank and the you. fact that you can tell the story. Yes. So I have, uh, one of my favorite quotes from Brene Brown. Well, it's not a quote. It's this thing about owning your story. Mm. And when you own your story, it works for you. Like you, yes. it no longer, there's no shame in your story. There's yeah. no anything. It doesn't rob you. In fact, it being able to say it sets you free. And then it sets other people free. Absolutely. Yes. So like, even though you were like, <laughs> not in church you were saved and here you are telling this guy <laughs> he got yeah, saved yeah. and now he gets saved yeah. and you're both still not in church you know still still yeah. um going through this process of learning yeah. joyce meyer talks about when she got saved she was an adult living in the trailer park and uh, still smoking her I cigarettes and wearing her short shorts. <laughs> and she'd make all the girls in the trailer park come to Bible study at her yeah, house because she wanted them to know about Jesus. Absolutely. I and I love that, that God is going to use, God just loves people so much. He'll use anybody. Yes. The little Baptist guy coming to find you, the old guy. <laughs> so I'm not living my life, but I need to tell you about Jesus. So I good. love that. So how long were you guys married when um, the children started coming? <laughs> Eight years, wasn't it, before Kayla? Wow. I guess so. Wow. Really? Is that crazy? No, 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 no. no, no. Four, four years. Okay. Four years, yeah. Okay. We were saying we had Kayla, we had no children or one child for eight years. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what she was four years. Oh, yeah. We wow. had her after four years of marriage, we had her, and then it was four more years before, before we had Tessa. Had Tessa. Yeah. Tessa. Wow, that's a big yeah. gap right there. Mm -hmm. Did you always know you wanted to have a big family? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> no. It just no. I can tell you really quick how it happened. Well, yeah, well I think we know how it happened. Yeah, but yeah. there's a, there's there's more. <laughs> okay, so we really wanted children when we first got married, so we got all these dogs, you know, and that kept us happy while just I've heard of people trying to that. finish college. Anyway, we loved animals. He has a very tender heart towards animals. And I do too, but um, so our dogs had puppies anyway. So we had Kaylin and we just were in heaven, you know, and it was a really hard uh, delivery. And I, he said, you don't ever have to do that again. And I said, well, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it right now. <laughs> and so then a couple of years later, we we um, got pregnant and tried, and we lost, we, we had three miscarriages in a row. Oh my goodness. And one was really hard. I carried him to 20 weeks and had a little boy who we named Kanan. And um, so after that, we were very discouraged, you know, we just very brokenhearted. I mean, just very brokenhearted. And so um, I have a healing testimony. I was laying, I know exactly where I was laying. I said, Lord, I know you took this pain. I am in so much pain. And I know you took this for me. And he, um, and so he, he touched me and healed my heart. And I have, I've never cried about it since. I've never been in pain oh, over wow. it since. And um, so I got some word to, word to, words of knowledge about um, taking folic acid for a year and not trying to get pregnant again for a year. And um, that was kind of brand new back then, folic mm -hmm. acid. And I did that for a year. And then we um, had no problem um, getting pregnant with Tessa and, and no problem with her, you know, the whole time and delivered her. And so she was our test of faith. So she was our test of faith. And wow. uh, then once we were so grateful to be able to have children that every child after that was just a huge blessing when you think, I'm not going to be able to have any more children, yeah. you know? Yeah. And there's also a word of knowledge in there. But anyway, God just did amazing, amazing yes. healing of my body and healing and of, of my heart. And of your heart, heart in mm -hmm. that too. Absolutely. Is there something special about your kids' names or how? Not really. Not I really. mean, everyone was inspired. Love. Inspired. Inspired. Yes. Yeah. Tessa Faith, very inspired. And then, and, um, and then Josiah, and, you know, just from the Bible, love mm -hmm. King Josiah, who's a reformer. And yes. I really feel like Josiah is going to be a reformer of his generation, you know? Yes. And, um, Destiny, Hope, well, we came back from church one day. The and, Lord spoke that yeah, one to me. Yeah. Ken just put his hand on my stomach and he said, Destiny, Hope. And he said, I just feel like this is this is she's just full of destiny and she's full of hope and you know and I just feel like that's her name and I was like yes <laughs> that's her name yeah. yeah and justice of course I love justice that Michael and John Caleb a friend of God mm. and um, Malachi August and he was born in the month of August we love Malachi we love Malachi is like a, a life verse for for Ken mm -hmm. Malachi three mm -hmm. yeah and um mercy grace came at a time when we needed we found the grace of god and the mercy of god in in uh, and and then cory bloom and my one of my heroes and mentors is cory ten boone yeah yeah it's just she's named after cory i love that where'd kaylin's name come from Aww. it was uh well i think in my Thoughts. I was thinking Caleb originally, but when we found out she was, it was going to be a girl. 
uh, I changed it to a version of Caleb. A version of Caleb. Yeah. Yeah. So, Kaylin Rose. Yep. Well, all of your kids' names really do suit them. Thank so, you. it's like, uh, it's like God has already ordained names, names bring identity. Yes. And so, those names, it's like God had already ordained those names for them before they were even yes. formed in your womb. Yes. And then He inspires you with these names. So you guys have had some interesting jobs in your life. You've not always been a worship leader. That's right. Uh, <laughs> tell me about one of those. <laughs> well, I was in law enforcement, and um, I, during the time I was in it, I loved it. And um, it was something that seemed to come natural to me. Mm-hmm. And Because uh, um, your father-in-law was... Yeah, he was, was a, he was the commissioner of state patrol, yeah. and uh, when she was going to college, they had moved my me. I was working with the Department of Labor, and they had moved my moved me to Savannah. So I was from where we lived. I was driving 140 miles a day, oh, commuting five wow. days a week, and I did that for two years. And a friend of mine with the labor department knew the chief of the university police department where Christy was going to school. And gave him a call and told him about me and because uh, I was burnt out on that drive every day. I mean, it was a long way, you know, it was a, that's an hour and a half there, an hour and a half back pretty much. And, and uh, yeah, from Savannah to Statesboro. And so, um, and, and I lived, we lived up above Statesboro, so we were even further away. And, and uh, so I was not, it's funny, I had, I had a job offered earlier to go into law enforcement a few years earlier and i was like nah, you know i just don't think that's for me and that kind of thing so i wasn't you know i i, I, I turned it down mm-hmm. and, uh, because i just couldn't see me doing that you know really yeah. i couldn't and uh and so um you know this you, the chief of the university police he he talked to me and and uh, he liked me and offered me a job and I, I really got in law enforcement because I was so sick of driving back and forth to Savannah <laughs> and I was about willing to take anything to keep from having to do that. But I yes. went through the academy and, uh, and the, and it was like, I just, everything about it just seemed right for that period of time. Mm-hmm. And, and I did that from the, from 89, uh, all the way through, uh, June of, 1999 but as soon as she graduated she graduated from uh college uh 91 and i got a job with the wayne county sheriff's office which is where i was from and i worked with the sheriff's office and and uh i was a deputy i was i was a shift sergeant i was captain of the patrol division there for a while and and uh and then uh and let me say this, yeah. and he just has a calling of, he is a defender. Yes. Uh, just through and through. Yes. And and I'm a defender of the weak, a defender of the defenseless, and it just really, so for it to be a natural fit makes sense now, looking mm-hmm. back on all those years ago. Yeah, yeah, and, and I felt like I was doing what I was supposed yeah. to do until uh, 1997. And that's when I had an experience. In fact, it was about this time of year in 1997, uh, I had an experience with the Lord. And as soon as that weekend was over, I knew my days in law enforcement were numbered. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
that God, shifted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God was, well, and that's what this podcast is all about. Yes. Life transition, which you guys have had many. Yes. Yeah. Uh, over your yeah. over your years together. Um, and that shifted you back into full-time mm-hmm. yeah, we ministry both, with we the church. We both felt like we were, you know, that, that God was going to call us into full-time ministry. And um, uh, I, just, I had a... Uh, do you want to hear about the experience? Absolutely. Okay. Whatever you want to talk about. What kind of timeline do you have? We have no timeline. You just go. Until Jesus comes. <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, I had I was laying across the bed one Wednesday, and I heard uh, the word say, uh, the Lord say, I, I, I was praying, you know, and I, I just heard him say, sell all you have and follow me. Oh, wow. And I jumped up to my feet, and I went into the living room, and I told Chris, I said, I think I just heard the Lord speak to me and say, sell all you have and follow me, you know? And she was like, well, yeah, let's do it. And I, said, I was like, well, wait a minute. I mean, it's not that simple, you know? And I said, and, uh, and so right after that, a friend of mine called, uh, a friend of mine, Fred McKinnon, and uh, he uh, he's a worship leader. And, and he, he called and he, he said, Ken, we're having a worship service this Friday night. He said, I just feel like you're supposed to be there down on St. Simon's. And we were living in Jessup, which is just up the road, you know, okay. 45 miles. And um, and so uh, I said, well, we'll be there. So that Friday we're on our way down. And I, I told uh, Christy, I said, you know, if I knew that it was the Lord actually saying that to me, and I knew that I knew, I said, I would do it. I'd do it. I said, but you know, our Kaylin and I had to take our the grandchildren away from the grandparents. And at that time, Christy's grandmother was still living. I said, and, and I just said, I just hate to take the grandchildren away from the families. And you know, they get to see them all the time. And da 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 da. You know, I was saying all that. And then, but I'd go back. Well, if I knew it was the Lord, I would do it. And so we go to this worship meeting. And the worship's going. I'm just glorious. It was a, it was a great worship night. I mean, it was good. I mean, I wasn't, you know, feeling the earth move or anything, but it was really good. Mm-hmm. And it had gone on probably about two and two and a half hours, and so I, my eyes were beginning to cross. It was, you know, <laughs> knew it was fixing to wind down. And Fred's playing softly, you know, and he says, "You know, I just don't feel like the Lord's through yet." He said, "I think He still wants to do something," and he's kind of playing real quiet. And we're sitting near the front, and this lady stands up in the back, and she says, I, I don't even know what she looks like to this day. She just starts prophesying. So you really want to sell all you have and follow me? She said. <laughs> oh, and, and, and my goodness. Yeah, and she said, well, I've heard your yes, and I'm going to sanctify your yes, yes but you're going to have to let the dead bury the dead. <laughs> and uh, and she said some other things. I, I can't remember those details, but what I just said, I remember well because that I, is I exactly that was what I was we needed. We needed so emotionally oh. overwhelmed by what I had heard at that moment that whatever else she said was just spoken. Yeah. You Your know? spirit heard it, but yes. yeah, yeah. And then so this, then this woman on the platform, she comes down because she comes down from the platform. Because this woman didn't come up to us from behind and prophesy over us. She just prophesied out loud in the room. Yeah, yeah. And so this woman, but you knew it was your work. Oh Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yes, yeah. We were we were struck. And so this woman comes down off the platform. One of the singers puts her finger in my face and says, "God's plans." Or yes and amen concerning you like mm-hmm. that, and I'm That's just all we needed. Yeah, I'm like, oh. <laughs> and so uh, 
so in that she turned out to be the pastor's wife mm -hmm. and uh so fred had the the pastor and his wife he, he introduced us to them and uh had them pray over so they pray over us and I was going home and I'm just like, can you believe really? what just happened? You know? And, and, uh, and so that I'm stirred that whole night and I was off that weekend and, and, uh, this was a Friday night. And, and so I get up the next day and I turn TV on TBN on the afternoon and TD Jakes is preaching and he's, he's preaching on Samuel anointing David to be king. And so he starts preaching. I'm, I start listening, and I just start feeling oil being poured over my mm -hmm. head. Mm -hmm. I could feel it. Mm -hmm. It was it was like hot, warm, you know, mm -hmm. next to hot, but mm -hmm. you know, really warm, hot. I don't oil, and it's just wave after wave. And next thing I know, I'm just doubled over, mm -hmm. and I'm just groaning and weeping, and and. Uh, I can't, can't talk. I'm just, oh, you know, just, yeah. just, just far more dramatic than that. But it was, you know, I, yeah. that's what was happening. And it went on all night like that. I'd woke up at three in the morning, got up just to, to let it out again. I mean, I was just, it was just like that. And then Sunday all day like that. Mm. And, uh, and so we go, uh, I had to go to work Monday morning at 6 a.m. And I would often stop by my parents about seven and have a bowl of cereal and visit with them. And so I'm sitting there eating my cereal and I start having this vision about revival in the last days in stadiums and the move of God that I saw. And I've not ever seen a move of God yet. Yeah, that matched that. That, that matched that. Yeah. And uh, um, and I'm just sitting there talking like we're talking now and prophesying everything I'm uh, seeing to my mom and my dad. And they and uh, even my dad had tears in his eyes, which was very unusual. And my mom, <laughs> she's, she's weeping. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was so much juice on it you know and and uh and so i got a call that i had to go to the office somebody was there waiting on me and and so i, I told them bible so on my way to my car i was getting in my car and i heard the lord say prepare the way of the lord prepare the way of the lord prepare the way of the lord three times and i honestly i, I really didn't even know what that meant you know and uh and, and i'm still learning but uh yeah, yeah that's right. but i know a lot more today than i did that day <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure and uh and so a year and a half later, well, we put our we put our house for sale for six months, and nothing. Uh, we didn't have any interest in it or anything. So, and I started losing heart a little bit, and I I took the sign down, and then about a year later, after that, we're sitting in um, in our living room, and it's something just descended upon me, and I I looked at Christian, I said, I've got the faith to do this. I mean, it was just like I knew that I knew something dropped in me, and it dropped in her too. Mm -hmm. And I said, I know that right now is the time. You know, I know this oh, is what wow. we're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. the, now's the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Christy had told a friend of hers, you know, the next day what had happened that night. Well, the next day, uh, or maybe another day later, I don't know if it's right, mm -hmm. I think it was the next day, this man comes to our house and says, I heard y'all are leaving and I want to buy your house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. With no sign in the yard. No, yeah, sign, no sign in the yard. In the, yeah. And he offered us like $10,000 more than we were asking 
a year before. Well, yes, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> and amen. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so Christy's parents had a house in Eastman that, uh, they, they let us live in and, and, uh, and, and that's what we, that was our first. That was our launching. That was our launching. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Josiah was about a year old. Yeah. So 22. This summer will be 22 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I like the number 22. Yeah. yeah. Say a 22, 22. Key of David, I will put on your shoulder. Yeah. Yes. Well, open doors that no man could yes, close. Closed doors that no man could open. And so that's why when Jeff Jansen came. Yes. It oh, was yeah, a so, few years ago. Well, yeah, two years yeah, ago. Two years ago. Two years it was ago, Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Mm-hmm. I remember. Va- Wednesday night, Valentine's Day. And yeah, I'm, we're in worship. We're in worship. Oh, yeah, and he sticks the key in my belly and turns it. And uh, he said, Did you, you know, Miss Karen, he's, he, he was saying, the Lord's tried to kill some of you in here. And when he did, Miss Karen looked at me and smiled. And I smiled back. And she walked straight up to him and said, I want you to speak over these folks. And he came and spoke over us. And, and that's when he prophesied about the uh, stewarding of revival and millions. And, and uh, he said, do, do you remember me turning that key during worship? I said, I do. And I said, it was the key of David. And I don't even know why I said that. It just came out of my mind. It was the key of David. Yes, so, that's right. Uh, I remember. And so I go, we go home. That night, me and Christy and Josiah. And so I just, we just, Christy knew the story, but I was revamping the whole story with Josiah about uh, going down on that worship night and the lady prophesying, coming back and hearing T.D. Jakes talk uh, about Samuel Samuel anointing David to be king. And then, and I was telling him about the revival in the stadium. So Miss Karen had invited us to come back the next morning when Jeff Jansen was speaking at the school. So he comes in to speak to the school. And uh, he, said, he said, I just want to tell you about a vision I had when I was about 16 years old. He said, my whole wall just lit up and there was stadiums and there was a revival going on in the stadium. And he was describing everything I was mm-hmm. telling Josiah about the night like before. before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Josiah's electric, you know. <laughs> and then so he tells this story. And then he, and when he gets through, he says, so this morning, I feel like I'm supposed to preach about Samuel anointing David to be king. <laughs> and then when he says that, you know, everybody's like, injustice. Yeah. Everybody was just like, Florida. You can't make that kind of thing right. up. I mean, how in the world? Um, yeah. We needed that. We yeah. needed that. Yeah, we needed that. What was that yeah. season of your life like? What is it? What does it feel like to just need a word from God? Wow. Hmm. How do you hang on when you're just hmm. waiting to hear well, his sweetness? God? His sweetness. You know, you hang on every day to his presence. I can tell you this. When you get a word from God like that, mm-hmm. you, you'll you get a, a child. There'll be, there's a challenge to the level of word it is. Yes. That's so good. And I've lived in that challenge ever since we stepped out in ministry in 1999. Mm-hmm. And I've been through some un, indes, indescribable things, uh, just... Uh, every kind of emotional thing you can think of between then and now. But uh, June 1st, 2010, at 3 in the morning, I had a visitation from the Lord, and uh, uh, he spoke three things to me, and I was in a horrible place. I was wounded, badly wounded. And, and uh, well, we I started working part-time for a Timberland Company, a friend of mine, back in the early 2000s, and made a lot of money doing that. And I started doing that, thinking that was I could do that in ministry, you know. And uh, 
and and probably could have had I been able to keep my mind on ministry, but I got my mind focused on making a lot of money, you know, mm-hmm. and, and did well. But the housing market crashed. And when it crashed, we uh it we had a lot of inventory and uh uh I ended up having to file bankruptcy. We lost our home, we lost our cars, and we were we had several children and I had no job, I had no car, I had no and your health and, and my health uh went I had been in great shape but stayed in the gym all my life and through the sheriff's office and, and uh uh, but it, everything uh, it was a perfect storm. It was the perfect storm, mm-hmm. and uh, I went into depression, and uh, I didn't want to live anymore, and and uh, literally didn't want to live anymore. Didn't want to see anybody. I couldn't look at anybody. I couldn't talk. I felt like I'd failed my family. I felt like I'd failed every everyone I'd ever known, and and uh, I had several nervous breakdowns, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I started drinking and I wasn't partying. I was by myself out in the woods. I stayed in yeah. the woods or I was either at home or I was in the woods. And I, I know that sounds weird. <laughs> no. I was in the woods. Yeah, no. And uh, I was drinking vodka and, and trying to to cope. Uh, I, I did not have everything I thought I knew about God was not working. Yeah. And, um, and, and so I, for about, you know, you would think three months of that or three weeks of that or three months of that, but it was like three years of that. Oh, wow. And uh, June 1st, 2010, at three in the morning, the Lord was in my bedroom and, and uh, I woke up and told Christy, the Lord's in here, you know, and I think she could sense it. And I said, I'm going to see what he wants. And so I got, <laughs> I, I got up and I, I got in our van and I rode out into the woods. Uh, there's a lot of dirt roads where we're from. And so you can ride for miles and never see a soul, you know. So I hit the woods. And as soon as I turned off the pay road into the woods, he said, um, I'm not mad at you. Mm. And when he said that, I could feel his words that were the sincerity of his words went straight through my heart. And mm-hmm. I could feel this, his sincerity like a hug around me. I started weeping and sobbing and weeping and sobbing. And, and it was like poison was going out of me. Mm-hmm. And, and waves were coming over me. I mean, I, I don't know how to describe it. And it went on for about a half an hour. And then he said, uh, men get a glimpse of what I want to do in the earth, but they try to build it with their hands. And... As soon as he said that, I mean, I'm not over the first thing he said, but it's just like I started getting wave after wave. I knew I was getting an extraordinary impartation that uh, to be articulated later kind of thing. You know, it, it was just just wave after wave. Uh, that was the second really big, you know, visitation that I had with him. And and, uh, um, and so... Uh, that for about 30 minutes later, he said, contempt for my presence. And every time he spoke something, I mean, there was an impartation and something, you know, just shoved in my spirit while the poison was coming out, you mm-hmm. know, and, uh, and that changed everything from that day forward, everything changed. And, uh, and I'll just be honest, you know, I was, I was still, uh, I wasn't getting snuckered or anything at this time, but I, you know, I, I, I bought some, I was out in the woods and I 
had some vodka and I said, Lord, I'm so sorry I'm doing this. I said, I don't want to do this. And I said, I, I, said, I don't want to do this. And he said, you keep coming to me. And so what he said, I mean, it was just as clear as a bell. I said, that I can do. And I was determined. I mean, even then, I was determined. I, yeah. I was going after him with everything I had. I, there's no way. I can't go to him any other way than just as I am. And yes. there's never a day that I, that's, it's not like that. Yeah. Because however we are that day is how we got to go to him. Exactly. And, it doesn't, and so there's no... No, and, don't try to get yourself together and then come to Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> Just yeah. Come to Jesus. That's right. And so about three days later or two days later, I had this dream and I'm at this party and there's people I know there and people I don't know there. And I look to to the wall and Bob Jones is sitting in a chair just just like a just stoically with his hands on his knees, just looking straight at me. And it, I felt like he was looking through me. It was very weird. In so the he's track. a prophet. For yeah, people Bob that might Jones know. is yeah. a prophet that you may have seen Phil Ed with Morning Star. He's uh, yes. Mike Bickle and then Aha and even Bill Johnson. Yes. You know? So he's sitting there, and I just felt drawn to walk up to him. And so I walked up to him, and he says, uh, he says, you keep running after him. He said, all those chains, all those things on you are going to fall off. He said, you just keep running. And and uh, and it seemed like he, oh he said and I'm going to make myself available to you and uh, mm. and and so I woke up and then and, and at that time he was still alive so I thought I'm going to meet Bob Jones you know <laughs> but but, uh, <laughs> but he died and um, so but I said, on Steve, February I did, 14th though yeah the yeah, day the day Jeff Jansen you came had was, exactly, with the Lord exactly that's when mm -hmm. well, Jeff Jansen came yeah February 14th that was another big thing so so uh valentine's day amazing day of love mm. yeah 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 and then i had another dream with bob jones in it uh this past year and not in 2019 i had shared miss karen at a prayer one night uh i had jeff jensen was in it and bob jones was in it and a guy named charlie champ who i don't know uh, yes but uh mm -hmm. the three of them were in it and uh so that was interesting and uh not sure what all that means even to this day, but, but, uh, and sometimes, okay. So here's the thing about dreams. And of course you guys know this, but anybody listening, God can talk to us in dreams. Yes. Like this is one of the ways that God talks to us and he can put people in dreams that we know or that we don't know. And sometimes people can represent other things in dreams, mm -hmm. not actually that particular person. Mm -hmm. So really to me, dreams, uh, and interpreting dreams, it's really an invitation from the Lord to go, what does that mean? I don't know. And there are some dreams that people have that you will live your whole life living out that dream. Mm. And then you're going to go, I remember that. This is yes. part of that dream I had yeah. when I was 22 years old That's right. that I never really understood. And so just the importance of remembering your dreams. Like, I love that you remember these dreams. You know, I might not know what they mean, but you're stewarding these dreams from God. Yes. And I, and I write, when he yeah, speaks to me, I write it. Yes. Uh, that's when I sort of write everything that he speaks to me that's revelatory. Yeah. I, I, I write down. And, and, uh, so from, much so that you've written books. Yes. Well, that's another <laughs> thing because I started writing a book in, in 2012. And that's another story. A friend of ours who had gone on to be with the Lord, a lady that was friends with Christy and I, her husband played bass with me, and, and they were dear friends, and she died of cancer. And uh, about two months after she died, uh, 
I'm having a dream and she comes in the dream and I said, Chris, I knew because I knew she was dead. Even in the dream, I knew she had gone to heaven. Mm -hmm. And I said, Chris, what are you doing here? And, and uh, she said, I need that book. And uh, her and Christy homeschooled, so I thought, need the book you know because i did not know what that meant shouldn't you be asking christy for the book <laughs> yeah and i said okay i said well what's what's heaven like and she said it's everything you've heard but it's more than i can describe and i'm just like yeah and then she gets straightens her face against us i need that book and i'm still thinking okay homeschool you know and and uh I'll pass that on to Christy or whatever, you know, because I didn't have a book, you know, and to me. And then, and then I said, well, have you met Jesus? She said, yes, I have. And she said, I need that book. And then that I woke up. And so I'm like, for a week or two, I'm just like, what in the world? What book? You know, what, what is she talking about? And then about two months later, or two and a half months later, somebody called and wanted me to go and lead worship somewhere. And I told him I would, and then like the day I was supposed to be there, the day I was supposed to be there, I, I, it must have been a night meeting because he's, the Lord said, don't go. Oh. And I said, oh my gosh, <laughs> don't go. I hate it when that happens. Yeah, don't go. Christy's like, I don't know if you can do that now. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, yeah, yeah, we were yeah. like, I don't know. And I said, I, I want to go. I, I can't go. You know, and I call him and he's like, what? <laughs> yeah. I, tell, I, I said, I don't understand it. I said, I've never called anybody and done this. I said, but I can't go. He said, okay. And uh, I said, I'm so sorry, you know, and, and hung up the phone. I, as soon as I hung up the phone, I knew I was supposed to write a book. <laughs> that night? Yes. Yeah. We'll start it. Started. Yeah, I didn't even know how to write a letter, much less a book. But I just knew that I knew that I was supposed to write, write all this stuff down. So I started writing. I mean, the hardest page, the hardest page you'll ever write is the first one. You know? Yes, so and, true. And, uh, so and so true. I didn't know how to start, but I just started writing. And I wrote seven days a week, eight to 12 hours a day for three months. With the exception when Kaylin came home on uh, for Easter I took off two or three days while she was there and went right back to writing. And I wrote for three months. Supernatural. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, uh, and so I had all of this content and didn't know anything to do with it, really. I mean, and so I started reading about editing and all of that, and whittling and honing and all that. So I, I tried to do the best I could. I didn't really have a tutor, you know, and, and, um, Somebody gave me a laptop to write on, and it blacked out. Every time I'd get going, it blacked out. If I didn't have it saved, it was gone. So I was, it oh, was I had a, no. yeah, I was having a time to begin with. But anyway, I got it wrote and, and uh, written, and and uh, uh, we uh, ended up the the second time we moved back here was uh, sixteen, right, two thousand sixteen, and. Uh, Ooh. On the 22nd. Yeah, and, and I get here oh. and I've got, I, I, the moment I get out of her car, my computer slides off the thing, <gasps> hits the floor, and it's oh, dead. dead. <laughs> but I had it backed up in a thumb drive, oh. but I had done so much editing work, so, but I had raw writing, and so yes. I had to start some of, uh, you know, editing that part over. of it. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, since 2016, uh, I've 
that book was published. That was the Presence Driven Life? Is that per- the one? Presence Purpose Life. Presence Purpose Life. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, the April. second one was right after Jeff Jensen came. Uh, and Billy Graham died a week after Jeff Jensen was mm-hmm. here. And I started having visions and stuff again, real intense for mm-hmm. a while. And, and so that's where the, uh, the house that Jesus built was uh, written. So I've had two books published in the four-year period I was here. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I was here, I was like, because, see, I've never not played music, ever. I mean, mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I've never not wanted to play, but I didn't even want to play. And I thought something was wrong with me, and it probably was. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, you know, I might have had some burnout or something going on. But, but I, was so, I was really focused on the book stuff, you know. So mm-hmm. they're done. And... Um, and I may write some more sometime, but I'm I'm better manager. Since so I'm kind of like if I, if I don't know what I'm doing, I can't have any other distractions. But mm-hmm. once you begin to learn a little bit about what you're doing, then you can do other things, and you can go back to it. You know, it's going to be okay. Right. You know, yeah. And so that's uh, and so now I'm kind of burning musically, I'm perf- uh, particularly prophetic flow spontaneous worship that's i i love to you know we we, we practice songs that we know we're going to do three or four or whatever because you on. still occasionally go and lead worship yeah we've been uh, leading worship when you go uh, mm-hmm. on we sunday mornings places. um at a okay. church in winfield yeah and we're still going to the ramp on sunday yep nights. and then you sometimes travel too when yeah that's right we travel bring to you in to do worship. that's right yeah that's right and so so we uh we uh we've been doing that and that's been fun but but i love when the holy spirit moves on us and we go into spontaneous flow and and i love playing with musicians that can travel because then yeah. you can uh, go from one genre to the next however the lord leads you know I love so that. when did this happen you said there's just been a recent shift in the last few months for you regarding music started i got called around the first of january uh, to go back to Georgia, and maybe a week after that, a guy from Winfield uh, New Life Fellowship, uh, Jerry Norris, uh, mm-hmm. called and wanted to know if we would go there and uh, lead worship there. And so we've led worship there a few times when we went to Georgia, and and it just like somebody turned the faucet on them. We and here were, it goes. We were playing again. Yeah. Wow. And so we know we're at the precipice of something. Yes. But we don't know. Yeah, what's next? We don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, we, exactly. <laughs> yes, I understand that. Um, and this is something that you guys can do together because you're both musical. Do you feel like that's one of the... Do you write music, I you do, said? I do, yeah. And do you write too, Christy? I don't. You don't. I've you just sing play. Mm-hmm. So have you been writing any music I, Well, lately? that's the... Uh, the right after I got the call to go to Georgia, like two days later, I wrote a song, mm-hmm. started writing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we actually, we up. did it down there. And, and uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like the juices have been turned on again, just like for writing the book, you know. It's, it's mm-hmm. like now that's kind of off and this is back on. Again, yeah. So... What are, uh, what are you, obviously, music, the prophetic is burning and passionate in you. Where are you in this season of your life? You know, you're home with your kids, Christy, homeschooling. You guys are doing music. You're just kind of waiting? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've had some, uh, heard some, uh, 
feel like I've gotten some direction, but I'm not sure. I've I've kind of gotten the what mm-hmm. and not the where. Yeah. Or the when, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But the when feels really close, you know, and, and uh but but uh you know the all three of those components are important. So mm-hmm. the what is very important and the 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 where and the when, you know, yeah. there's not one and, and the how too, you know, really uh all of those things are important, but all of those things uh you know are will have to be answered by God because I already if there's one thing I've learned through this journey is that I don't add a whole lot to it, <laughs> except by yes or you know yes that's and amen. Good. amen. That's right. good. Yes and amen, Christy. What has been the easiest thing for you in marriage? The easiest thing, because when I took a poll on my social media and said what kind of questions to ask about Ooh. me and my husband, that was one of the questions you asked me. Oh wow! What was the easiest thing in the marriage, and what's been one Ooh. of the hardest things in marriage? Easiest thing in the marriage, um, because to me, you are a true Proverbs thirty-one oh, woman and wife. Thank you. Like if there was ever a mother and a wife and a woman to model yourself after, oh, it's wow. Christy Wallace. Oh, wow. Goodness. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I love being at home. I love being married. I have loved being married. And I have loved being all the things of home and family. And so, wow, I don't know what's been the easiest. He lets me be me, you know, as a wife. And we were talking about how important that is today, just for your spouse to let the other one just be themselves. Okay, explain, (laughs) because I feel like there's something on that. We were talking about expectations of newly married people and how we have these expectations and that we should not. (laughs) We should let them be How do we not? Because you're talking to somebody who's only been married five years that has to go through. Um, Dave and I have these conversations a lot. Because we don't want to stifle the person by putting any, we don't know them. So how can we like expect, I mean, besides go, go for Jesus with all your guts, you know, um, I don't know. We were just talking about false expectations we put on each other. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the environment, um, to, to, um, you know, when I married Christy, I didn't know every detail of every moment of her life before we got married right Right. and so Mm -hmm. if something comes up that's not going to be something i like uh well it's you know that can't change anything right and then and then the other thing is see i hate i mean if there's anything i hate is having to walk around on eggshells around somebody to keep them pleased. I just can't stand yeah. that. And yeah. I've never felt that way. I thought, so that's an easiest part. And I always felt like yes. I had to walk that way around God. I always felt like I had to walk that way, you know, in certain Interesting. places. And I don't, uh, you know, I don't want Christy now, and, and I, I'm probably worse at it than her even, but I don't want her to have to walk on eggshells around me. Yeah. And I don't want to have to walk on eggshells around her. And, and, uh, and, and, and then, you know, we're so, so here's the deal, you know, for me is, you know, when you get married, you've committed to forgiveness, you're committed to patience, 
You're committed to long suffering. You're committed to to kindness. Um, and and uh, is Jesus kind as they are? Mm-hmm. And and uh, and so that's the easy. You know, she makes it easy because of her kindness. And 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 we can talk about. We have never not yes, talked about happened. everything. You talk. Yeah. Well, we have always we that when we came into it day one, we will talk about everything. We just made this pact: good, bad, overdrafts, whatever. <laughs> We're just going to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, no Temptations, secrets. No secrets. Yeah, because whatever yeah. stays in the dark. Mm-hmm. So that was Use, at times that's hard. That's a hard thing yeah. about marriage too. Oh, yeah. So it's easy to make that pact. Yeah, <laughs> and it's hard to keep it. Sometimes. So speaking of hard to keep it. What was that like for you when Ken has these three years in the woods? Did you know what he was doing out in the woods? Oh, yeah. I knew everything. Um, So I knew his heart. I guess I just could not ever not see his heart going after the Lord. He never Mm -hmm. got hard towards God, you know, and um, I could always see his heart. So this God carried us, and I felt like I was in the ark I felt carried and secure and safe, and I had a job to do every day in my home, and I just put my hand to it every day and did what I needed to do and find joy and fulfillment in that. And I just knew I was being kept and knew we were being preserved, and I felt like it was just a season. And that's interesting. The ark was about that length of time. And I really felt like I had that word that we were in the ark. Yeah. And so I just got up and did did the things yeah well Mm -hmm. there's been um a common uh theme in this story when things have gotten harder when you've been in transition is that you guys have had words from god Mm -hmm. and so uh that is what we stand on this is what sustains us is having word from god hearing from we have to hear his voice and 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 you are asking me want to go well i i'm convinced that he is raising a generation that uh, is going to step into, you know, when he says we live and move and have our being in him, that we literally step into him, that we step into this, that's, you know, a lot of times we spend a few minutes a day trying to get into the secret place with God. But I think he's going to call a generation that goes into the secret place and never comes out again. <sighs> and and he said that, that you know, um, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds, which is present tense, not not past tense, mm-hmm. that proceeds. Another translation says that comes from the mouth of God. And so I, it, hearing his voice, hearing his word on a matter, however he speaks, I mean, it can be through scripture. It can be through what you were saying to me a while ago. It can be through hearing a reading a prophetic word or hearing a prophetic word or, or a child. Yes. Nature. Know, anything. In any yes. way he chooses to speak and where you know that you know he spoke to you. You live yes. that's where we live. And so I believe he's raising up a generation to be that. And and and, and so with every dispensation and every move of God, I feel like it's always been towards that. Because I feel like communion that is, you know, like like IHOP is a twenty four seven prayer and worship prayer, you know, harp and bowl thing. But and and that's good, mm-hmm. you know, I like that. Uh, 
No telling what all's happened because, because of that. Because of that. Yep. They just but I also believe it's a prophetic picture of who God's called us to be individually. Mm-hmm. Where, we, where we're living in such... 24-7. Community. Yeah, 24-7. Yes. And, and uh, I mean, there's really no reason. I mean, it, I, you have to exercise your senses. You have to, dis, you know, the disciplines of, of, of giving yourself to that. And, and the and the faith that it's possible because he says all things are possible to him that believes that means you can be a police officer you can go fishing you can play soccer you can do whatever and still be in that place yes absolutely and and uh you know that that's what i believe uh is is his heart for this generation. And I don't think necessarily, you know, I, I've always thought in terms of the older generation and the younger generation, but I think it's the generation who will. Whoever it says, matter. I believe it. Yeah, and and, and, <laughs> and there's, I think the generations, it's gonna be a generation of who will and not mm-hmm. about age. And, I and, agree. And, uh, and so it's more of a spiritual thing than a physical, physical age thing. Mm-hmm. And even though there is some of that, but, but I do think it's that, and, and because, you know, he's building us together. So, so it's not, you know, one or the other in age group. He's building us, we're being built together. Yes. And so, and he's calling us from, from faith to faith and glory to glory. So I think the generation is a spiritual generation and, and it's the one who will. Yeah. Who, who will take what he's saying. Who, who Are take. we that generation? I hope so. And yeah. I want to be. I do too. I want to be. And and, and mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I mean, and we were talking about this earlier today, just like I was talking about, there was no grid, no infrastructure for the ramp back then. Mm-hmm. There was no infrastructure for Bethel. There was no infrastructure for... Uh, morning star at that time but there became one right you know and so we've seen the church change so much and the revelation that's coming out of the church now is is extraordinary what god's revealing to people and and uh, i mean when i listen to bill johnson or or mike bickle or micah and and miss karen and and uh the, the the revelation is 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 growing and there's that there's a depth to it now and uh that's even more personal and more deeper level of intimacy and and more presence and more presence in the worship and there's more god's doing great things we've seen the the church change i mean we've seen from no grid to look at I mean, if I'd have been 18 years old and walked in the ramp, I think I would have felt the same way I felt when I walked into the Holiday Inn. You know, yes. It was, it, yes. It, it was the energy, the the music, the the possibilities. Yes. There were possibilities there. And when I went to church, I didn't see any possibilities for yeah. anything, you know. Of course, yeah. I wasn't saved, but, you know, just this is not where I want to be. The Holiday Inn is where I do want to be. You know, this is, place is great. That's what I was thinking. But of course, it, it wasn't ultimately, but it but it was in the sense of awakening me to uh, musical possibilities and, and, and that kind of thing. So, so yeah, we've seen things change so far. I mean, when we started dating, we didn't have cell phones, personal computers. Mm. All of that came later. 
Yeah. You know, my daughter was asking my little five-year-old, she was saying, what kind of tablet did you have when you were growing up? And I was like, <laughs> oh. baby, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even have cell phones. We didn't, you know, we didn't have that. And, uh, we were on, uh, we were somewhere and came across uh, a payphone. And my uncle was, I don't know, 11, 12, and we had to explain well when you made a phone call you would have to go to payphone and put money in and dial your number and it would only give you a couple of minutes with your quarter and you always had to have quarters and like that was just a foreign thing you know like what's that (laughs) yeah so it's hilarious well i do think that we are the season the time that we're living in is very significant i do feel that that we are on the edge of something i think uh individually and i think corporately for the people that are going yes Yes, Lord, whatever it looks like, whatever it sounds like. And there are people um, probably in their 80s and 90s waiting for this. They have prayed and mm-hmm. believed for this their whole life. Yes. And God is going to allow them to mm-hmm. see yes. what they've been believing to see. So Absolutely. Yeah. Well, my mom, is. Uh, she's she's got, uh, she's still living and, and Christy's mom and dad are still living. I would, I would you know, I'm glad they're seeing what they're seeing, yeah. and I and I hope they see a lot more. Yeah, won't be surprised if they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have so you. Uh, we could oh. just sit here and talk all night. Yes, thank you. And we do it. usually yeah. sometimes <laughs> when we get together. I feel like we could talk forever. So, but I love that you guys got to come and thank you for having share us. that part of your story. I even heard a few things tonight I didn't know Good. about you guys. I didn't know about you going to college or going yeah. to Lee. That was kind of yeah. cool. Thanks. So, thanks for doing that. You're welcome. Thank Our you. Pleasure. Sell everything you have and follow me. Wow, what faith. Ken and Christy are two of the most genuine, Jesus-loving people I have ever met. You can find Ken's books on Amazon and can connect with him and Christy on Facebook. I've included their contact info in the show notes for today. Friends, so glad you joined us. We've got a Facebook page for the podcast as well as a YouTube channel. Just search What's Next God Podcast and click subscribe. Or you can find me on Instagram or Facebook under the name Melissa Matheson. That's math, like four plus one equals five. I before E, son, S-O-N. I hope you have a great week and we'll be back here on Wednesday talking to an Enneagram 7 who is living his dream of creating fun and making memories for people's special events. If you want to come join us, I'll save you a seat. We're going to sit around the table, have a cup of coffee, and talk about what's next, God. <laughs>